from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody, on uh, this Monday evening, Monday Night Sports Talk, with you until 6 o'clock here from the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Sports editor Matt Daniels is here, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Ed Bond uh, running the controls for us. The phone line is open, 356-9397 if you'd like to join us. A lot of basketball to talk about. Brad Dancer, the Illini men's expected to join us about uh, 5.30 for a few minutes. He just got a, a milestone win, number uh, 300 over the weekend. And he's a big college basketball fan himself, so we'll have fun with Brad a little bit later on. Any questions uh, here at the Esquire, raise your hand. A lot of basketball news, Big Ten awards announced today. First of all, guys, how we doing? You okay, Matt? Doing great. The, uh, thanks for coming out to uh, the Esquire today on a rainy uh, early March day. But uh, I, I hopefully Illinois fans are doing well after the uh, the raucous atmosphere they created inside uh, State Farm Center last night. What a thrilling game that was and a, a big time atmosphere. And uh, now we uh, move on to Indianapolis and see how the Illini can fare at the Big Ten Tournament. They'll be the number four seed playing on Friday afternoon, probably around 1.30 or closer to 2 o'clock uh, Central Time. It'll be the second game of the session on Friday. They'll get the winner. Well, the game that has Iowa in it, we don't know yet who Iowa will be playing. They'll play the winner of Northwestern and Minnesota, which is Thursday night. So there's a pretty good chance Illinois and Iowa will go against each other again. And the players will all get along, and the coaches will shake hands. It'll be a very friendly, cordial afternoon over in Indianapolis. Big Ten awards today. Io DeSumo, first team all Big Ten. As voted on by the media, he was a second team uh, according to the coaches, which is just perfect, isn't it? He so the, the coaches like that. The, yeah. media, the, the media knows more than the coaches is what that, that, no question. that means. Well, since I voted for that and had Io DeSumo on the first team, then yeah, I definitely know more than all of the Big Ten coaches. And it uh, might have been your vote that put it over the edge there. I mean, maybe. Or I, I think it was a kind of a clear case between Io and uh, Anthony Cowan from Maryland got the first team vote um, from the coaches and he's a good player don't get me wrong and has been really important to Maryland's success but uh, he's shooting I think 39 percent for the season which is not great I mean but uh, I thought Io was you know, ahead of him on that and my vote actually came down to Anthony Cowan and uh, Minnesota center Daniel Oturu who kind of circled back to he was one of the best players in the conference. I mean, Minnesota might have not ha had the best season, but Oturu averaged a double-double and then glad the Big Ten in block shots. So. And rebounds. Yeah, so he, he definitely deserved it. Uh, so maybe Io uses uh, this somewhat of a slight as uh, even more motivation. Uh, you know, Brad, I don't want to kind of talk about it after you know, Sunday night's win that Io kind of thrives when you know people tell him he can't do something and he you know goes out to prove them wrong, so... Maybe he's got a little bit of that uh, heading into Friday's game. He should not be mad at Scott. 
because the media always does these teams better. The coaches do not do these teams very well. The media always – I'm biased, of course, but the media does a better job. I think the coaches it's, – it's probably more political there, I'm guessing. Maybe Coach A doesn't like Coach B, so he slights that guy. I think, it's, I think the media is much more fair. Well, and Anthony Cowan is a senior and there I would assume was a sophomore. And, you know, coaches sometimes, you know, trend towards the, the, the older player. But, sure. you know, I would say just pick the best five. Um, and yeah, you're not playing a game with these guys. Yeah, you know? I mean, that. Because there's really to go position by position. There's no guidelines for voting, you know, position-wise for all Big Ten. Uh, there are, because uh, I have a, an All-American vote, and the only stipulation is put together a team that could, in theory, play at the same time. So oh. I mean, I, that leaves wiggle room to go, you know, small with you know, a bunch of guards, or like I did for my All-Big Ten team, go big with Luca Garza, Jalen Smith, and Daniel Oturu, who be interesting for them to play together. But that team would just kill teams down low well the first team the uh, four first team guys besides io and Callen, were picked by the media and the coaches luca garza big 10 player of the year jalen smith cassius winston and lamar stevens stevens you know maybe you could squeeze Callen's and or i guess it would be io in this case in the coach's mind in ahead of stevens perhaps but stevens is going to be penn state's all-time leading score here in the next game he plays. And uh, so he's had a good year, but uh, there's room for discussion on all of that, certainly. Yeah, and I mean, I had Lamar Stevens on the second team, and he's put up good numbers, but he's been uh, significantly less efficient this season than last. So uh, to me, it wasn't you know, tough to leave him off the, the first team. He's played well. And you know, second team, uh, all Big Ten, at least this year, is still you know, a pretty g- good deal. I mean, the Big Ten is, is as tough – yeah, I think as it's been in, in quite some time. Second team, Simpson, Tillman, Oturu, Wesson from Ohio State, and Cowan slash Io, depending on which one you want to look at there. But uh, And the freshman of the year, Kofi Coburn. That, uh, that seemed to be a slam dunk to me all season long. No thanks to Scott Ritchie. Oh, thank you, man. No, no problem, Scott. Explain yourself in front of a pro-Illinois crowd. Yeah, so this will be fun. Um, I voted for Indiana's Trace Jackson Davis, and he said before he came that he's ex- all expecting a basket full of mozzarella sticks from the Esquire thrown up here. So, luckily, we're kind That'd of be good. You know, I was five to throw ten something feet. I would eat. Um, it's by the end of the year, their kind of maybe their basic main numbers were basically the same: points the same, rebounds the same. Uh, but Trace Jackson Davis, you know, to me, I mean, he just had he had the higher field goal percentage. Um, didn't turn the ball over quite as much, and then kind of his advanced stats were were better than, than Kofi's. Uh, his PER was higher, uh, his plus-minus was higher, he had, uh, his win shares were higher. So when it came down to trying to find a, a tiebreaker between the two because they were so close, uh, that's what put Trace Jackson Davis ahead in my opinion. But Kofi Coburn still was named Big Ten Freshman of the Year, so my vote didn't hurt him. Well, and you voted him second, so there you go. Yeah, I did vote him second because for all th- the – Individual awards, you vote for your top three. So uh, I had Jackson Davis and Kofi and then uh, Franz Wagner in third. You, f- you could have lied. That's what I would have – probably the way I would have gone. <laughs> we're, the, we're the media, Bob. We're I honest. Know. We're well, honest. I mean, not, not in print, but I think on the radio. You could have lied to these people. They'd have been fine. Then they well, then they would have read tomorrow, tomorrow online. I changed my mind last second and yeah. never mind. 
No, uh, you know, just full transparency. Sure. Well, Scott got some booze here at the Esquire on that, but we've got one of his biggest fans on the phone, Neil in Bloomington. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I'm going uh, to congratulate Illinois' basketball team on such a great year. And I'm going to ask Scott Ritchie one quick question. Do you think if Illinois wins the Big Ten tournament, how well their seating will be for the Sunday selection? I'll listen to your answer. Thanks for taking my call, and you guys have a great night. It's a good question, Neil. Yeah, and right now Illinois is probably a, a seven seed uh, in the NCAA tournament. If they win the Big Ten tournament championship, I think there's a slim chance that they could get a four seed. I mean, that would be dependent on like a lot of teams maybe losing unexpectedly in their own conference tournaments. But I think a five seed is should be you know, a given if they win the Big Ten tournament title. So five, probably four. You know, there's an outside chance and. They get a top four seed, then I don't think there's any reason why the NCAA shouldn't put them in St. Louis and make life easier for me and uh, for everybody. You, you got a little problem with that. Shocker. Well, you do, because the four seed four seed would mean they're above two other teams in that St. Louis, and I think St. Louis is going to have probably Creighton, either Kentucky or. Where are you from, Bob? Omaha. Well, right, but Creighton's going to be there, and Louisville or Kentucky. And so I think if Illinois is in, in St. Louis, it's going to be as the six or seven seed. How about that? That's my theory. Well, I think the big thing that uh, it's always interesting, too, just because the Big Ten tournament title game tips off about 2.30, 2.45 on Sunday. It's always the last conference tournament game before you know, selection Sunday. So it's always interesting how much weight that game actually carries in the committee's mind. So if Illinois can maybe even get to the Big Ten tournament title game on Sunday, that might help them more than actually even winning it because by that time the bracket's pretty much already set, so you're not really sure how much if a win on Sunday would it would affect them at all on the seed line. Wrapping up some of these Big Ten awards, Kofi, as I mentioned, the freshman of the year, he also made third team on with one group and honorable mention on the other. The defensive player of the year, Xavier Tillman from uh, Michigan State. The coach of the year, Greg Gard of Wisconsin. Wasn't that long ago that team was six and six in the Big Ten, and they haven't lost since. So uh, I would guess I didn't see the final voting, and I don't know if you have access to it or not, Scott. But uh, I would think the uh, the race for Big Ten Coach of the Year could have had uh, three or four guys that could uh, really claim that honor. But I've got no problem with Greg Gard either. No, and we didn't get the the full breakdown for you know, the individual awards in terms of voting. I voted for Greg Gard uh, because. Like you said, a month and a half ago, they had no business winning, you know, a share of the Big Ten title, and yet they won their last eight games and did so uh, rather significantly, and they you know, started shooting the ball a lot better. Um, for my vote, I had Brett Underwood second, and then Steve Peichel from Rutgers third. I think <clears throat> Pat Chambers uh, from Penn State probably got some votes. I would imagine uh, Mark Turgeon from Maryland did. I don't know if Tom Izzo would. I mean, he's, Michigan State just always – I mean, this is the third year in a row they've at least had a share of the Big Ten title. Uh, so I don't think Izzo gets as many votes as maybe he would uh, usually. But uh, then I saw some Iowa fans on Twitter that thought that Fran McCaffrey got jobbed, should have been the Big Ten coach of the year. Uh, Iowa fans whining? It's, it sounds crazy, <laughs> but, it, but it's true. Uh, I don't think Fran would I – mean, they had a, a fine season, but I would have had – four or five other coaches ahead of him. I would, too. That was a good basketball game, 78-76. Illinois wins it. 
the, the best atmosphere in my mind this year, certainly in, in a few years at the State Farm Center, probably have to go back to uh, the 0405 team for a better atmosphere. And I'm thinking of the Wake Forest game. But uh, the place was really hopping yesterday, and it, and it was good. And uh, to go along with that, with Iowa coming back the way they did, uh, sure, you'd like to bury them by 20, but uh, the way they came back, it kept the crowd in the ball game, and and the crowd helped make a difference. Yeah, I mean, Illinois led by 16 at one point in the second half, and then uh, Luca Garza turned into Luca Garza again. He didn't score the first in nine and a half minutes of the second half, and then scored 15 points over the last uh, 11 and a half, um, and made it a game. And it got tense. I mean, it was already intense, but then I think with the idea that maybe I was going to you know, complete that, that comeback, and they almost did. It just ratcheted things up several degrees. But, yeah, it was, I think, you know, easily the, the best atmosphere game I've covered in, in five years. You think uh, Garza will win the National Player of the Year? I mean, I think he's got a shot. Um, there's a lot of momentum for Dayton forward Obi Toppin, uh, partially because He's had a really good season, uh, also because he has all these highlight dunks all the time, and he went between the legs, uh, I think, on Saturday for a dunk in the game, which was uh, pretty impressive. And Neil Dayton is 27-2, uh, and two, so they've had a really good season. I have a feeling he's going to wind up winning it uh, because of all of those things, but you know, Luca Garza has uh, put together a really, really good season and has been you know, a consistent scorer and rebounder, and uh, his percentages have been pretty consistent all year long. So he'll be in the top. I mean, I think he's easily a first-team All-American. Right now I've got him on my ballot that I've not yet submitted, but uh, kind of a no-brainer for me. Well, Toplin's going to be a lottery pick, and Garza is not mentioned in the first two rounds of uh, drafts that I have looked at. And I looked at a couple today, and Io's mentioned not in the first round in the NBA draft net, He's mentioned as about a second-round, midway second-round pick in one of the other ones. But back to Garza, then we'll talk about Iowa. Garza does have another year of eligibility at Iowa. He could stay, but how do you project him? you think he can do better? Can he raise his stock any by staying? No. I mean, because I think the one thing that's going to hold him back is uh, his athleticism. And you know, for his size, he moves well, but, I mean, just not as well as you know, a lot of other guys in the NBA. Um, yeah, his numbers aren't going to get any better. I think if he got, you know, test the waters, get in some individual workouts, and uh, I think that, that could help him. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure everyone in, in Iowa wants him to come back, but there's not a lot for him to gain by another year in Iowa City. With the Big Ten tournament coming up, Matt, I think um, the ten teams or so that uh, not or so the the up to ten teams that will be playing after the Big Ten Big Ten tournament are probably anxious to get however many games are going to play in the Big Turn Big Ten tournament done, so they can finally play somebody else. I think they're tired <laughs> of playing each other, and while that will make for an exciting Big Ten tournament, I think it uh, brings some freshness into the continuing the season as well. Yeah, I mean, that, to me, that's one of the more in, most intriguing, one of the more intriguing storylines of the NCAA tournament is just how the Big Ten is going to fare uh, in, in the 68-team field. We, we've heard pretty much since late November that the Big Ten is the best conference in college basketball, and uh, they've really beaten up on each other throughout the season. The 20-game league schedule has kind of worked itself in its favor this year for the Big Ten in that they're able to ratchet up those, those number of quality wins by playing league competition, but 
how is it going to translate to playing uh, a team from the ACC or the Big 12 or the SEC or the Pac-12 is, is really intriguing to me just because the Big 10 has the reputation to uphold and the fact, too, that the Big 10 hasn't had a team win the national title in 20 years. I mean, Michigan State was the last one to do it in 2000, which just seems kind of unheard of, but they've They've always had something come up in March or early April that's prevented them from, you know, being the team that cuts down the nets at, at the end of the year. You're clearly read by column that's going in the Big Ten special section. I did, Bob. You yeah, did. that's part so of my you job. Also notice, okay, they've won one title. They've been to the title game seven other times. Yeah, and they've lost seven six other of them. Times. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I think being there eight times the last twenty years is not bad. It's not bad, but it's you need to you need to win one. Well, yeah, but. I looked at the draws, and you look at some of those teams. I think Illinois was as good as North Carolina. Some of the other teams, the Big Ten team was a clear clear underdog. Well, and just and not going back on historical, but just this season, too, just because the these Big Ten teams and these players know each other so well and these right. coaching staffs know each other so well that how are they going to adjust to a team that you know plays out on the West Coast and maybe they've caught a few of their games all season, but they've had to really prepare for them kind of on the fly. And also, too, what's going to be interesting as well, you know, the coronavirus is all the talk in the news, and who knows what attendance is going to be like at the NCAA tournament games. And Illinois, Iowa last night was a great college basketball game because of the atmosphere inside State Farm Center. And I think no doubt that propelled Illinois, uh, especially early on in the second half, to really separate themselves. How are teams going to adjust to playing, you know, an early 11, 15 a.m. game on a Thursday when the crowd is half full and it's a neutral site crowd and there's no real energy in the building? That's that's something to keep an eye on as well. But, but that's often the case anyway. True. Well, I mean, I go every year. That's often the case. There's a lot, oftentimes nobody's paid attention. There's always like one game each day that everybody wants to watch. And maybe Kansas is there or somebody, Kentucky is there and the crowds are big. But other than that, it is kind of a sterile atmosphere. Every time I've gone, I felt other than like when Illinois had those close games in Indy, in in Chicago, in St. Louis, obviously, they had a huge advantage from a crowd standpoint. But unless you have a team like that that's so close, it's it's pretty blah. It really, I, I much prefer like a Big Ten tournament to NCAA. Well, and, and Illinois fans have always shown that they will travel, you and I up, yeah. guarantee you they will travel well no matter oh, where yeah. Illinois goes this year just because they haven't been in the tournament since 2013. But it is just an interesting, another component that I think Illinois and, and other teams in the tournament are going to have to contend with. Big Ten tournament starts Wednesday night at uh, Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. And you can follow Illinois basketball in the Big Ten tournament all this week on News Talk 1400 DWS. Brought to you in part by OSF Ergo, urgent care for people on the go. We've got more to talk about on Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. We'll do that. Illinois men's tennis coach Brad Dancer, a big college basketball fan, is in the house. We'll touch on that and men's tennis as well when we come back after this timeout. Back after this. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the latest news and insights on the Illini. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back to the show, everybody, with you until 6 o'clock tonight here on DWS, the final Brad Underwood show, the final scheduled Brad Underwood show, comes up tonight at 7 o'clock from Papadell's Pizza Factory on South Neal Street. Say hello to Illini tennis coach Brad Dancer, fresh off a couple of uh, Big Ten wins over the weekend, and the one at Northwestern was number 300. That means you've been around a while. 
<laughs> Get your mic turned on there. Try it again. You're good. You should go you ahead and talk in. You should be good. Maybe. There we go. <laughs> yes, that's really, I think, you know, I had a lot of congratulations going around. I think in my reply to all of it just means I've been here too long now. <laughs> well, you certainly got to be proud of that. Obviously, getting a couple of Big Ten wins over the weekend was nice. But uh, when you stop and think about it, that's a, that's a lot of tennis matches. Well, it's funny. You know, you, 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 I, I, there's a little bit of recollection that goes on there. And you just think about all the all the unbelievable young men that have come through this program since I've been here. And uh, as a coach, I just feel spoiled. I feel lucky and, and spoiled to have so many great people. And then it's, you know, it's like, ah, oh, you know, talk about them. You start to name someone. You're like, well, I, I'm not going to name someone because you're always going to leave somebody out. There's just been a lot of people that have been really special to this place. It's your uh, 16th season here at Illinois, 15th uh, as a head coach. Take me back 15 years ago. Did you ever imagine that, one, you would be here 15 years, and two, that you would have this type of success that – you know, your predecessors have built, but you guys have kind of kept that steady, consistent reputation for Illinois men's tennis. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Matt. You know, never, it never feels good enough as, as a coach. But, uh, you know, coming here at Illinois, you, know, you, get, you get to choose in your first month whether you want to be, uh, you know, self-funded or going to the, the, the state retirement plan. And I think the longest I'd been anywhere was a couple of years. So I, I took the self-funded, dumb me, you know, so I've got no retirement coming up. So I'm going to have to work <laughs> with my four kids till I'm 90 probably. But, uh I think you know you never envisioned uh, being someplace so long, but being here in Champaign and the the friends and the people and the families that and just being part of this community, the way they've uh, everybody's been so great with with Haley and I and our boys. It's uh, Champaign's an amazing place. It's just a, it's an amazing amazing town, and we we love it here. Take us back 16 years when you came and what brought you here and the circumstances surrounding you taking the job yeah it really was all about craig tiley i mean he's obviously such a legend and he's an amazing recruiter and, and recruited me here at the time i was a head coach at fresno state and uh craig and i were great friends and had, and had worked together on some other projects uh, with professional tennis before that and so uh we sat down in kalamazoo one time at the national championships and and a couple weeks later i found myself in illinois and then i got in that car accident my first week here so it, that was one of my first memories coming to illinois is a bad car accident did he tell you that the weather here was just like it is in Fresno? Oh, oh yeah, just like Fresno, and I was in Tucson before that, so the same. And, and, and then, of course, you know, the, the South Farm smell. I, I, I never smelled that before. I don't know what that is, you know. So. <laughs> that was one of the endearing moments, I have to say. Look, you thinking back, the 2013 NCAA championships when they were out at Atkins and Khan is the other media that were from out of town, they always commented on kind of, well, what's that, what's that smell coming in? And I was like, oh, that's the South Farm. She's like, you guys deal with that? A lot. I'm like, yeah, yeah, kind of. And they're like, man, I don't know how you guys do it. But that was probably a highlight, probably not a highlight for you as a coach since your team wasn't in there. But just being having the chance to have that tournament in Champaign is coming back here in a few years, too. Coming back in 2022 and, and 2013 was really a bittersweet year because it was, it was one of the first, first, first times that we didn't qualify for the Final 16. And, and then at the same token, you've got everybody in our department working so hard overtime to make it a great event. And I think we were, most of anything, just really proud of how the community supported it. We had tons of fans out. The, the teams that played in it were, were uh, thrilled to death with that experience. So another time that, that uh, CU's come out and shown their colors. Coach, for a long time, you're always stated of the art in terms of facilities. Are you still there, or is it... Is, are there other schools in the Big Ten that are better or is, as good as Illinois right now? In terms of what, where you get to play. 
Yeah, I feel like in the Big Ten and around the country, everybody's building. You know, everybody's trying right. trying to do this. But uh, I'll tell you what, I still feel like we have the Taj Mahal. I mean, okay. every every time we walk into work, I think we feel blessed and and uh, fortunate that we got such an amazing facility. Uh, it's still loud. We were worried about that when we put the new lights in the new roof that it wouldn't be so loud. But you pack the people in there, it gets loud. It's still an intimidating place to play. We got a great new video board with highlights. It's just. We're, we're, we're lucky and blessed, and, and Josh has done a great job of uh, continuing to move tennis forward. Visiting with uh, Brad Dancer, tell me a little bit about this team thus far. I mentioned a couple of Big Ten wins over the weekend, which is nice. Overall, I think you're five and six on the year. What do you like about it? What uh, have you learned about the team so far? I love our team. I've learned it. Uh, I did a horrible job coaching at the beginning of the year, and I think we, we really felt that as a staff, that just we, we weren't getting the most out of our team, and so... I think we've doubled down, tripled down our efforts in terms of, of uh, just, you know, I think coaching always comes back to communication. So we're trying to do everything we can, be incredibly clear on, on every detail that we want. And, uh, and hopefully that's showing again with a little momentum we picked up over the weekend. But uh, anytime you're not doing well, I think the first place you have to look is in the mirror. And, and, we, and I think we just looked at it hard. And, and, our, and our team did a great job giving us some feedback too. But we're coaching better now. The guys are playing better. And, and hopefully we, get, uh, we just keep this ship going in the right direction. So that maybe realization as a coach that maybe you didn't do what you wanted to, is that something that happens when you've been in a place 15 years and have the experience? Could you know, Brad Dancer in year two or year six have made the, the same kind of uh, decision and choices to, to change things up a little bit? Well, it's interesting you say that. I, I, I just, over the last few weeks, I've kind of gone back and I'm just you know picking my brain. What do I need to do better? So going back through a bunch of old files and, and I just kept seeing all these you know, all this communication I was having with the student athletes and just so much detailed organization of their game plan. And uh, I said, I just, I'm just, I'm not doing that right now. And I got to get back to work. And that, that takes getting up at four in the morning and, and working on all those plans and staying up past midnight. And, and I think that's what, that's what if, if you're not doing that as a coach, then you're not trying. And so you just got to, you got to be a slave to it and you got to get down and grind. And, and that's what it is. But uh, we've got a great team. So they've, they've responded well to that. I remember talking to you a couple months ago before the you know the big portion of your schedule picked up uh, again. You have a veteran team this year. What are kind of the advantages and also just the challenges too in, in having such a veteran-laden team like you guys have? Yeah, I think the advantages we got guys that've been through it. They're experienced. They they know to to coach the younger guys to to be ready for the matches and so forth. I think the, the disadvantage really is just what it came down to the coaches. Maybe we got a little complacent in terms of the expectations of everybody being ready. And I still think at the end of the day, the coaches have to set the tone every single day. And, and that's probably where we got a little bit better. But, uh, you know, we've got uh, Kovacevic and Clark and, and Budic and, and uh, Gomes, and they've been great, great leaders for us. They play with great spirit, great passion, and, and, and great talent and skill. So they're, they're setting a great example. And, and I think uh, if we can keep that going and, and keep coaching these guys up, we're, we're going to have a great Big Ten season. If you could coach any other team on campus for one game or one match, which sport would it be? That's a that's a tough one because uh, I've always said so I, I played a lot of different sports growing up. My right. favorite sport to play is volleyball. Okay. So, but I don't know that much about volleyball, and and I also played some basketball. I think I know more about basketball, <laughs> but uh, pr probably one of those two for okay. certain. But uh, I'd, I'd probably go with basketball. I love this team. This basketball team. I was telling our team at the beginning of the year when I watched their first few games, I said, I don't know how we're going to be this year. But I said, we're going to be so fun to watch. I, I just feel like there's so many great personalities and athletes and, and uh, different aspects of this basketball team. It's, it's been just an awesome season. How often, Brad, do you talk to other coaches? I don't mean other tennis coaches. Maybe other coaches around you over at the BFL building and over on campus. How, how often do you interact with them, and, and what do you learn from each other? 
Yeah, I think Josh has done a great job of, of getting the head coaches together at least once a month now. And, uh, and that's good because we'll get some friendly banter going. And, you know, I, I always love Smalley and I picking each other's brains all the time and, and Spring and I kind of go back and forth. But, but all the coaches, I mean, I, I, try, I try to make sure Brad knows that we've got his back on all things and, and, uh, and, and Chris Thomas. And, again, Janet, every, we, we got such an outstanding staff here. There's such a plethora of knowledge, uh, not, not just about their sports, but about the university. So from a recruiting aspect, I think it's really good to pick, pick the other coaches' brains. But uh, I love getting in the weeds with those guys and, and, uh, and challenge each other. We talked the other day about, uh, you know, the, the – Sports is so much more about who you are as a human and who you are as a person that I think one of these uh, coming up in the next month, I'm going to have uh, Chris Thomas come coach our team for a day and Justin Spring coach our team for a day and, and be tough on the guys in terms of who they are as humans. I'll, I'll work the tactical and technical components, but, like, these are the expectations of how, of how you practice and so forth. And so I think we're going to do a little trade out there. It'll be fun. Might not have a Coach Underwood do it. I would love it. Oh, you would like My that? guys need a taste of that. <laughs> love it. Might have to do some earmuffs. <laughs> And you, I, I can see where conversations with Mike Small would be beneficial to you because your sports are similar in a way. It's individual and it's team, right? No question. And, and Smalley is, you know, I say this again and again. I don't think people love Smalley and they appreciate but I don't think anybody understands. Like, we play tennis indoors. You don't play golf indoors. And so what he's built and what he's done is, is truly out of this world. And so he's, he's one of the greatest coaches in the country. And so anytime Smalley and I can have some banner back and forth, and I think we've got similar ideologies, a little bit blue collar, and uh, I always have a great time catching up with him. You, you mentioned earlier just how fun this Illinois men's basketball team is just with the different personalities and everything like that. Say you had a player, a tennis player, like Kofi Coburn. <laughs> how would you go about coaching him? I have no idea. You know, I, I really underestimated Kofi at the beginning of the year, and then I went and watched him live, and I was just like, holy cow, he's, he's, he's everything that, uh, that's advertised. But, uh, I mean, just what a, what a, what a, all these guys, what, what a treat. I mean, they all have different roles they can play, and, and I, I've been telling the team right now, everybody's down on Georgie. I said, you watch, next year is going to be the year of Georgie. He's going to get that top-of-the-key three-pointer this summer, and he's going to pick and pop, and he's going to drain that, and everybody's going to be talking about him going to the NBA. So. How about a celebrity tennis match with Kofi and, like, a football player or something? Let's do it. I think that'd be awesome. I'm all in. I bet it'd be good, right? I, I'm all in. I, I, in fact, I'm going to go to the marketing staff right after this. I love it. <laughs> we got to get Kofi I, out I there. Want, I want credit. Of course you, need, you do, Bob. You need a media division with Lauren Tate Ooh. out there as well. <laughs> be good. Trying to handle the serve of Kofi Coburn. How's that? I, I love it. Him a handicap. <laughs> that wasn't nice, Bob. No, I mean, because he's a little older. I'm he's a little mean, older. A little older. Big Ten. Is it still Ohio State, the team everybody's chasing? Yeah, but uh, Michigan's had a great start. You know, it's funny. They, they survived a, a, just an absolute scare when they were here for a kickoff weekend and snuck out of here with that, and they were down for the count in both their matches. And then they went to indoors and did great. So I think they're ranked fourth right now, Ohio State's fifth in the country. So uh, we got some guys. It's, you know, it's funny. It's interesting to see our team. I feel like usually this time of year the Big Ten's ready to start chasing us. And uh, – I think right now we're, we're ready to start chasing some other teams. So it's a little different psychology, and, and as a coach, you like to have your team with that mindset. So I, I, I'm a little bit happy with that. Can you give us any, uh, any updates on, on some former Illini that are you know, in the professional ranks? Obviously, Kevin Anderson's dealing with some injuries, but Rajiv Ram, Jared Hiltzig, uh, Alex Vukic, any of those guys, former Illini, that are, are still playing professionally? Yeah, so I just talked to Kevin uh, two days ago. His knee surgery went phenomenal, and uh, – 
he was talking about being back in as early as a couple of weeks, but uh, I don't know if you saw Indian Wells just got canceled. I, I think Miami could be next. And uh, so you look at that, you know, timing wise for him, it, I hate to say it's great because nobody's going to get points while, while he's out. And, uh, and then Alex Vukic just had the best, uh, best tournament of his, of his career so far and just moved in the top 200 for the first time. So he's ranked 190. He's going to be playing the qualifying for Roland Garros. So that'll be his first time playing a slam. Uh, so just a lot of progress for those guys. And it's been, it's been fun to follow them. What do you have coming up? A couple of home matches over the weekend, right? Yeah, we've got a, we, do, we added a match uh, Saturday at noon. We've got some of our, our really strong young players that haven't had a lot of chance to play, so we're going to play them in a, in a match at noon. And then we've got number, uh, number eight TCU Saturday night at 6 o'clock, which is, you know, we have, we, I feel like usually at this time, oh, we've got a couple top ten wins and a couple losses, and this is where we are. We have zero top ten wins this year. So it's about time for the coach to get something done and see if we can do something Saturday night. Brad Dancer, everybody. Appreciate your time, Coach. Thank, Thank you, you guys so much. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Brad. We'll take a break and have uh, our final segment of Monday Night Sports Talk here at the Esquire after this. Stay with us here on DWS. It's Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Try their famous burgers or specialty pizzas while you watch the game. Welcome back to the show, everybody, at the Esquire. Steve Kelly, along with Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, Matt Daniels, and we're with you here another few minutes up until 6 o'clock tonight. We'll be with you again next week as well. A lot of basketball to talk about. We've covered most of that. You know, uh, News Talk 1400 DWS is the flagship broadcast home for Illini basketball and the Big Ten tournament. The uh, daily updates brought to you by, in part, by Express Employment Pros, Cozad Asset Management, Awesome Machines, O'Charlie's, Rasmussen Pool and Patio, the Better Business Bureau of Central Illinois, Cabinet Land, and Central Illinois Bank. A lot of basketball talk, but some football talk today, Bob. There was a uh, pro day over around Memorial Stadium. A small one. Small not one? Very, not a very big one. Six guys. Six guys, which is as few as I've seen there. So tell us what goes on at a pro day. Basically, it's guys lifting weights. Uh, running the 40, uh, doing the shovel drill, some things you'd never see, they like the shovel drill. The 40 is pretty common to watch. And uh, they did the weight lifting early. Everything was way ahead of schedule. I think we were told to be there at 9.45. By 9.45, the weight lifting was over. So we didn't see much of that. But then they ran and they did some position things because, you know, running backs go in and catch passes, things like that. And I think everybody seemed to do well. I think... Uh, Sounds like Dre Brown brought a good time in the 40, so that's that's good. And I think uh, Batiku looked good. Uh, I didn't see him do anything in terms of uh, running or anything, but he, he looked in great shape. And I think I'll be chance to certainly he'll be in the camp. I think several of those guys will be in the camp. How many pro teams were there? 30. All 30. Yeah. So they that are, there were 30 scouts there. So I, I'm not sure if that was doubled up, you know, some guys, but. 30 guys were there, so pretty cool. Cool. Let's go back to a Big Ten basketball tournament. By the way, Illinois is up to the number uh, 21 in the Associated Press poll. Iowa dropped to 25. Michigan State is ninth. Maryland 12th. Wisconsin 18th. Ohio State 19th. Illinois 21st. And Iowa 25. How did that uh, match up with what you turned in, Scott Ritchie? Uh, pretty close. Uh, the only difference, uh, I dropped Iowa completely out. Because 
because they uh, lost twice you know, last week, including to uh, you know an unranked Purdue team that's 16 and 15 on the season. So not a great loss for Iowa. Although Purdue's maybe one of the stranger teams uh, in the country because every advanced metric kind of still loves that team, but uh, when you don't beat teams, I kind of find it hard to. Yeah, winning games is kind of important. Uh, you'd think you think it would be. Um, and then there were four Big Ten teams receiving votes: uh, Michigan, Penn State, Rutgers, and someone is still voting for Purdue again. Uh, I need to go through all of the ballots and see who that is and figure out what's wrong with them. In the net rankings, Purdue is 33rd today, and that's still ahead of Iowa, Illinois, Penn State, Minnesota, and Indiana. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, the net is better. I'm not saying it's right. Yeah, I mean, the net's better than RPI, I think, but I think it, it still has some flaws, and I think any system like that is going to I – mean, you're going to be able to pick it apart a little bit. Uh, but, yeah – Sure, Purdue. I mean, good for them. Matt Painter's a good coach. I mean, I'm, I'm not making a case for him. I'm yeah. just, just the fact that I mean, the fact that they have 16 wins with that team, which I don't find you know super talented. I just kind of think shows how good of a coach Matt Painter is because he can really adjust to what he's got and what he has this year is, uh, you know, not much. So who wins the Big Ten tournament, Scott? Oh, I had uh, I did a. Uh, Big Ten podcast last week with uh, you know, Ben Stevens. He's a, I assume a young kid. Asked me to be on his, his podcast for. Uh, and he asked me then, and I picked Michigan State. And I probably I mean Way to I go s- with an obvious choice, Scott. That's well, I think really going out on a limb there. They're uh, maybe the best team, and the difference from Michigan State. I mean, Cassius Winston, Xavier Tillman. You know what you're going to get from them every game. But if Rocket Watts and or Aaron Henry play up to their potential. It's a really tough team to beat. Illinois is playing in the title game. I'm not sure they'll win it. They're playing the title game. They're going to win Friday. They're going to win Saturday. They're going to play the title game. I want to see who is in the title game to decide whether or not they're going to win. But they're definitely going to get two wins and get the title game. So they'll have to beat Iowa probably for a third time. Or Maybe. For, in the third thinking, game. I think Minnesota comes to and wins that game. You think Minnesota is going to beat Iowa? Yes. How mad? How mad will Fran McCaffrey be if that? Really happens? mad, really mad as ever. Uh, well, that's FranCon level six. Franker, Franker, I like Franker. He's going uh, to be triggered. And then I think Wisconsin is horrifically overrated. I'm disturbed by Coach Guard getting the top, getting the Coach of the Year again. I, you know they overachieved. They were bad, and they're now they're good. They've got some bad losses. So. And I, just, I don't love them. So I think Illinois will beat Wisconsin. And then they'll play somebody really good in the title game and have a chance to win. But And they'll be probably a team that they've lost to twice. Are you just saying side. this, Bob, because you want to spend the whole weekend in Indianapolis with Scott Ritchie? No, I mean, I like that. But, no, I, I just have a feeling. Okay. And I'm going to pack. I have two ways to pack. Either pack for a day well, or you pack only, for, yeah, pack for, you, pack for three days. I'm packing for three days. Scott doesn't have to pack for five days like he's had to the last right. two seasons. Most of the times I've covered the Big Ten tournament, yeah. So I uh, don't need to take the big suitcase. The medium suitcase. But though. Although I might because then I can use my smaller one just for my shoes. So, Wow. How many pairs of shoes do you have, Scott? He's uh, got a lot, everyone. He's got a lot of Air Force Ones. I have... S- Seven different pairs of Air Force Ones. So it just depends on... He color coordinates It depends on the outfit. It does. He color coordinates his attire. I'm not making this up. I sit next to him at the office. This is a true story. Who doesn't do that? 
Uh, I don't. I do that pretty much. How many pairs of Chuck Taylors do you have? Probably like ten. All right. So. Do your kids eat it all, Bob, or you just spend it on shoes? No, just their presents. Maybe you guys ought to come up with a photo feature of your Ooh, I like feet. It. Yeah, I have, I have one pair of shoes that I wear all the time, pretty much. <laughs> I have three. You've got three kids. I have three kids from the age of four. They need to eat, so my my shoe apparel doesn't come at a high priority. Apparently, like Scott and Bob. So, well, I have zero kids uh, total, so I can buy shoes if I want them. I got two, but I put them to work. Real quick, we're about out of time. Some expanded coverage coming to the News Gazette. Yeah, we got a 20-page Big Ten tournament special section coming out Wednesday. And then uh, next week, we got a uh, NCAA tournament special section coming out as well. Scott and Bob carrying the torch on that. So check it out. Appreciate you being here. We'll be back with you next week here at the Esquire. Thanks to Brad Dancer for stopping by. Thanks for listening, everybody, on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a good night.